Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Welcome, young adventurers. Dylan here. And on today's podcast, we have Jez Caggio. He was born in 1980 in Hartpool, UK, and raised in Washington, UK, by his mom and stepdad, along with his two brothers and sisters. Jez began working at the family catering business at age 11, but truly found his joy in welding. Due to welder's lungs, he was forced to switch careers, but only truly found love in his work when he became the author in 2020. Jez is best known for his series of The Underverse and his new release, Age of Stone. Jez lives with his wife, two kids, dog, cat in South Shields. And so with other, without any further delay, I would like to welcome Jez. Hey, hey brother. <laughs> Good to see you, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm excited to talk to another uh, bald-headed, bearded beauty, my friend. I exactly. Tell you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, 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 it's so much easier not having it's, hair, isn't it? It's, yeah, hair's such a dirty luxury. Freeing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Just get you know, one of those little buzzers, go in the shower. You know, whoop, done. I'm done, baby. Exactly. You know, yeah. Better polish. I love it, dude. So I'm excited to talk to you, man. Um, I, I love your book series, uh, The Underverse. Uh, there's a bunch of really cool concepts and things that are inside there. Um, again, I'll do my best not to do any any spoilers on this thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of the things more than anything, I'd love to learn because we've talked before, and you feel like you like you you have this kind of thought process of uh, of um, like how did I get here kind of thing, and yeah. so I'm. So I'm very curious because, you know, you went from being catering, catering to welding, welding to writing the underverse. Can you talk to me just a little bit about those those transitioners and your yeah, journey to yeah. get into space? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, of course. Yeah. I, as I say, I grew up in catering. So it was a family business. So you sort of started about 11 in the, in the kitchen as a dishwasher. And then you you don't grow up in catering. You just get bigger and uglier because <laughs> it's, you know, <laughs> it, the, like my my traditional Christmas songs, for example, are Frosty the Pervert, walking around in women's underwear. You know, those are all the that's the songs I grew up with. So, uh, yeah. So spent a lot of time in catering. Became a yeah. chef, uh, restaurant manager, as you oh, do. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It was it was good. I drank a lot of booze. Nice. Um, so sort of drifted for a little while between other jobs, trying to decide what to do with my life. Yeah. Ended up eventually in welding, which I fell into. And loved it. It was just because in the welding environment, you discover that you've got this sort of great big heavy equipment on, but you put your earphones in, put your audio book on, put your helmet on, nobody knows. And you're just rocking on with your day, listening to these great, fantastic stories. Uh, and just there's that sense of achievement when you, as a welder or in any other job, when you know you've done something like really well. As a welder, you can see it literally as that's a fantastic weld in front of you. And you're like, hey, quite happy with this, rocking on with life. I loved it. Then, unfortunately, I was exposed to a lot of chemicals. Mm. A bunch of us in the factory were, and a lot of permanent damage to the lungs, which at the time I was a bit annoyed about, to say the least. I was a bit pissed. Yeah. But now you get on with life. You know, you decide, well, you can be upset or you can move on. Yeah. So I segued into wanting to have a career again rather than a, just another job. Went and spent some time looking and ended up in IT. I ended up getting an apprenticeship in IT at 36, 
which first of all is not easy to do and secondly it's horrific in some ways because you're 36 and everybody else is like 17 18 yeah, yeah, and they're all so much better at it yeah, of course. <laughs> and they're all talking about these technical terms and i'm sitting there going <laughs> How do I do that again? <laughs> I'm out of place. Uh, yeah, oh, I was so out of place. And then I ended up, I was down in London on a training course. Mm. And it was two weeks of utter bloody hell learning to, to work out subnet masks and all sorts. And I was looking for something new to listen to on the way down. And I sort of picked up this uh, audio book by a guy called Aleron Kong and listened to the first book. And it just blew my mind. Mm. I didn't have time to game so much anymore. And I was always on the road with this job. I was literally field-based engineer. So I'd be driving up and down the country, you know, four or five hours drive to get to a job, an hour at the job, and then four or five hours drive back. And suddenly finding these lit RPG as a series and as a genre rather, and this series specifically that just gave sort of the, the mix, like that hit that you wanted from fantasy books and from gaming at the same time. And it was like, this is brilliant. And that was it. From then, I was just, I was hooked. See, so. that's so cool. Uh, what's interesting, we have a uh, similar, not the exact, but um, uh, uh, backgrounds where, like, I actually used to own a catering business. Yeah. Um, and so I was a chef, catering business, which involves a lot of drinking and cursing. And uh, ge generally in the, you know, in the, in the service business, you generally hate people over time. Oh, God, yes. Right. That's why I like the helmet. Yeah, and you yeah, punch that's... people. If anybody annoys you as a welder, you can just punch <laughs> That's frowned upon in uh, catering for some reason. I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, you, everybody know. wants to. Yeah. yeah no, I, exactly. I, used to, I used to serve like the late night bar crowd because I had my own food truck and catering business. And then the things had to deal with drunk people. Then you're like, okay, man, I really want to punch you. But then you will, it's going to all break down into escalation. So, and then, yeah technical it stuff after that uh so i told i totally get that uh that 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 journey what's cool is you had this you're kind of trapped in a in a metal weld box and what i love about that is you had this little opportunity where you got to like go and escape it you literally had a fantasy oh, yeah. escapation where you're just you're inside this world and then and then yeah the, the aleron who's you know like he's one you know the one of the dudes in the, the in the rg rpg set. he makes great books and all that stuff um it, it's a good exposure but then you got inspired and so did you start did you start eating um like other lit rpgs did you realize that that's yeah, the yeah. fantasy genre that you liked i did i mean yeah. i just started reading more and more and i came across a couple of sort of other authors that i really love to read and listen to like luke chimelenko was fantastic you know his look so it was sort of the early days for yeah. for lit rpgs across across here especially when you were there uh three years ago About three years four ago, years yeah. ago yeah so it was just starting to really take off but there weren't that yeah. many authors in the genre so you'd find either stuff that was really really bad or stuff that was really good and there wasn't really much of an in-between <laughs> so yeah. i i found this uh this book i downloaded yeah. this book and i just recently gone through luke's work mm. and then i sort of got you know you, you start listening to the story and you go this is really familiar I thought is this have i downloaded the wrong one I've, I've just made a mistake here and then i went online and sort of messaged him saying oh I, i've checked it it's definitely it's definitely your book i'm sure but it's under this other one and it turned out that somebody else was ripping off his book to use it as theirs oh yeah. wow and there was oh, this huge uproar man. at the time yeah there was this huge uproar at the time and it wasn't exactly his book but it was so close you know it was like you know john walked into the room steve walked into the room it was that kind of you know when you go on, come on page for page flow for yeah. flow there's 
Yeah, there's a, there's a great there's a it's interesting because they they say like uh what was it like um like if you if you're gonna like you get inspiration but if you take one to one inspiration if I just open up your book and I just took all your lines and I just changed words complete plagiarism but if I listen to if I listen to fifty um audio rpg books and i go through and i kind of pick and choose pieces that's just that's just creation that's just innovation yeah. right and because and it was it didn't exist as this before yeah it existed as all of this yeah. so you're going just chunking it down and this is the bits you like this is how you tie them together that's yeah yeah so then what was so you're you're, you're reading all these books you're getting inspired what so was I, the... basically i reached out to luke and okay. so i told him what was going on and there was this huge uproar at the time and i asked him why would people do this because thinking about it logically let's say nobody caught on and he managed yeah. to get away with it well what are you going to do once this book's selling really well because you know, you're going to need another book after this so he had the guy who'd copied this work had yeah. the had the background he had the the thoughts to be able to do it and made more books going forward but when I was talking to Luke about it, and he was just said, "Well, you know, people do this. Nobody knows why, but if you, if you want to do it, you know, write your own stuff." And I was like, "Wow, I can't." You know, I literally—I mean, I failed school. I got a lot of U's. I got F's. You know, that's that's my kind of education was <laughs> the bottom of the the rung. I was drunk throughout school, uh, <laughs> and literally just we started pushing. Just going, "No, no, somebody, you know, do it." Yeah. And then I'd asked, I'd talked to Alaron about something, and he started saying, "Well, yeah, just." try i mean what have you got to lose yeah and i was going through a real bout of depression at the time i didn't know it but i was starting to to really because as a welder you you're generally a big guy you know mm -hmm. you're looking steel around all day most of the things i was working on were parts for caterpillar trucks so mm -hmm. they're 100 kilos each and i was lugging those all over the place flipping them over and stuff to be able to work on them so i was comfortable with my self-identity as this quite muscular guy and then with the lung damage, I couldn't, you know, cutting the grass in the garden would take me two, three hours because I'd do like one, one line and have to stop and rest. Wow. So, so I'm going through this real time where I'm losing my self-identity. You know, I'm having to do jobs that I really didn't want to do. I'm not happy with where I am in the job world. I'm exhausted. I'm physically weak. I'm watching my muscles atrophy before me. And my wife's trying her best, bless her, to keep me on track. And I'm just sort of falling apart. And Alaron and Luke had both said, we'll just try writing. And then uh, I went to see a doctor just about, just, I can't remember what it was. It was about something stupid, like I've broken a finger or something. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the fingers. I just bound them up. Uh, it was something else I'd gone to see the doctor about. And he just sort of so wanted me to stay back. And he'd obviously seen the signs were there. And I had no clue. And my wife had seen the signs and she's a nurse so she probably knowing her probably got in touch with them and warned them <laughs> and he started encouraging me different routes to try and deal with depression and giving me uh, tablets which didn't yeah. work yeah and i thought well you're saying right they're saying right i'll give it a go it'll be it'll be crap because yeah. i failed school it'll never be anything but it'll be good for a laugh and my wife just constantly sort of pushed me to try and to do and i did I tried for a little while and then suddenly it got to this point when I realized when I was in IT, I was going, I was doing these jobs and some of the jobs you'd do, you'd set things away and it would be like two hours before you can do anything else. And so I just pull the laptop out and start writing and working on my book. And then on the weekends, I'd have like two hours here, an hour there, and I'd be frantically typing away and feeling so much better about life as I created this other world. 
And then we talked about it and just decided, well, it's time to either, you know, shit or get off the pot. So we hired an editor who praised the work. And I sort of thought, well, you're lying here. I'm paying you to look after this. This is why you're being nice to me. And she was like, no, no, it's it's good. I reached out to a, a brilliant artist, got the, the cover art done and thought, the hell with it. Let's see what happens. And then people started being nice to me. And it was very, very strange. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, very strange. It's an interesting transition you're talking about because like, you, you, you had to be in like a ton of pain and you had to have your like identity lost where you're mm-hmm. like, I'm a big, strong guy. This is how I bring value to the world. And then you have this thing of like, and you're right, like the, I'm sure pills, if there's certain, there's certain places where pills make sense, but really oh, yeah, I mean, the, the depression serves a purpose. Like it serves a purpose. It goes, look, you're not happy. You're not happy. Do something, do yeah. something. So I take it like when you, when you did that and then people, you know, started being nice to you, then like the depression kind of faded away and then you kind of yeah, felt, yeah. Well, yeah. well, I found that the, the depression had totally got that I'm, I have a chemical imbalance slight mm-hmm. and I'm not crazy. Very. Uh, but it means that a lot of uh, painkillers don't really work on me. Uh-huh. So generally, I just don't bother with painkillers and I don't bother with tablets. So the tablets, the these ones didn't really work on me at all. They just kept me from sleeping. So I gave up on them pretty sharpish, but found that the writing really uh-huh. did help. And as time went on, I just suddenly you know, got up one day and realized that I wasn't, wasn't pissed at the world anymore. I don't know if you can hear my, my little one crying in the oh, background yeah, there. Baby. Oh, <laughs> a, the, the beauty of working home, man, you can hear the whole, you can hear the life, you can hear people, you can hear things going yeah. on. It's cool, dude. I, uh, um, I, I try not to have, like, one time I had like a four-year-old come onto the podcast with her dad and, and she was just an absolute terror. She was sticking <laughs> like lettuce in his ear, trying to pick his nose. It was just like, it was brutal for the guy. And, and she was like a boomerang. And I was like, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, buddy. It was fun for me. Um, yeah, it was back. hilarious to watch. I, yeah, and he's just like trying to hold his stuff together, and I was just like, I was like, I'm sorry, man. You're good on my side, though. Um, but yeah, dude. Uh, so, uh, be yeah, all good, dude. Um, but with that, you're, I mean, you're talking about chemical imbalance, um, so you don't feel pinko. So it, it sounds super heroish, by the way. No. I, I don't feel pain. I do not feel pain. No, no, I feel pain. I just don't. Oh, okay don't get relief from painkillers <laughs> so, <laughs> it's more of the shitty side of the spectrum oh, no, <laughs> well, well what about let me ask you this so with jez like the 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 character um from the the underverse that you write right and and they kind of jacks sorry jacks sorry, jez jacks um yeah. and, and so it, it, is that is that your persona or how did you create him and where did like what 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 were your inspirations for uh, um, creating that character and the underverse? Some of it was sort of people I grew up with, because mm-hmm. uh, in the <laughs> in England in the northeast, there's a very very sort of grim and you know manly culture that you grew up with, and it's very being a child growing up here. You sort of you there is no you know depression isn't acceptable, hard drinking culture. And uh, have you ever seen a film called Billy Elliot? Or heard about it? It's about it's, like, it's, it's a, shoot, a, shoot, a tap dancing kid, right? Was it? Yeah, I, that's I, I, shot I, in this area, um, and it's sort of like the the background of this whole like, oh, it's not acceptable. You don't do that. Is very much the the environment here, but it's, you've got the very grim sort of stiff upper lip thing, but you've also got between the north and the south in England. You've got this sort of view that in the in the south that we're all uncultured heathens up here, which is quite true, and in the north that they're all just soft down there. 
And up here, it's very, very common to go out, have a night out, and end up in a fight. And but, but uh, so, which people don't ever seem to understand, which I thought was perfectly normal until I'd travelled a bit more, is that it's perfectly normal to get into a fight with somebody here in a bar or outside mm-hmm. of a pub usually, and then for them to pick you up afterwards and for you to have a beer together. Because as long as it doesn't go too far, as long as there's been nothing stupid, you know, there hasn't been nasty stuff behind it. Yeah. If there's just been a disagreement and a, there you go, and then that's it. It's perfectly normal to have a beer with somebody and be like, yeah, yeah, oh, you got a good one in there. <laughs> and that sort of, that rough and sort of ready approach is what I grew up with. So to use that to when when I've sort of looked outside of the area and met a lot more sort of people, and you realise that this is very unique to our area. That this is a very, it's seen to be sort of it's dishonourable to do this and it's it's wrong to do that. And I used that. I used that to sort of build on the character, and then a couple of friends who were frankly nut jobs. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's, it's so the the north is hard, the south is soft. Is that is it because it's colder up there, or what do you think are the elements that make them so hard? It's well. I think we're all just a bit daft, to be honest with you. Uh, there's if you go out in Newcastle, for example. So yeah. Newcastle is the city that's closest to me. Yeah. If you go out in Newcastle and it's sort of you know knee deep snow, if somebody's wearing a coat, they're going to get looked at very strange. So you don't have a coat. There's a there's a skit out there called Geordie of the Antarctic mm-hmm. that was released years ago, and it was. Uh, I can't remember who it was that did it, but basically it just sort of shows all of the guys, you know, slogging through the Antarctic, trying to find the the pole. Mm. And then this guy strolls up out of nowhere in jeans and a t-shirt. And he's like, you're all right, lads. And that's Geordie <laughs> the Antarctic. And he's like, it's all right, I packed some beers. And there's the whole sort of like, oh, it's all right, man. Here, are you cold? Here, I'll give you my t-shirt. <laughs> and that's the, the very much the culture up here because you just, it's what you grew up with. There's well also there's a thing that goes on right now for a lot of uh, society that um, men and really we're losing the right to be manly in a lot of different places right there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of culture there's a lot of places where you know we've created civilizations to be civilized right and and while we we're supposed to be providers we're supposed to be caretakers we're supposed to be you know protectors but that male aggression that male savagery is wrong is wrong is frowned but we have that feeling inside us we do want to punch people we do want to and there are things that like you know young boys and people like that like you settle things with fists and then you generally feel better afterwards it just for the most part but if girls saw that it's not okay you know and people kind of freak out from that experience like if you i grew up with all brothers where it was just chaos just yeah. chaos right and then you lived in the chaos right yeah. and that's what it was kind of a lord of the flies kind of just anything goes <laughs> kind of experience yeah but but there's a piece of that that we miss that we want we want to be able to have that manliness where someone goes hey you want let's come on let's just let's take the decent path let's take the safe path we take that and then like your main character goes nah fuck it mate and then just goes on the other direction and yeah. then you're like yeah i kind of wanted to do that too you yeah. know uh uh, and I love the the repeating uh, uh, the 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 term Daphne. Uh, the term, yeah. <laughs> is that a common term that is no, used? Was, or that is just a. <laughs> it was just as sort of a, it was just as posh a name as I could think of at the time. That was guaranteed to really wind a certain person up, a certain type of person up. Yeah, that's very uptight and very sort of no 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 no. And I thought that that kind of person who is 
the thing is that growing up, there weren't very many people that were sort of LGBTQT and so on in mm. the in the area. Mm. I mean, there were, but it wasn't. I wasn't aware of it so much. Mm. And now, it's perfectly accepted and it's perfectly widespread mm. because people here don't really care. Mm-hmm. That seems to be a massive thing about it is that 99% of people, we don't give a damn what your sexuality is, or at least in this area, just that, you know, a dick about it. Yeah. And so those people who take it like so like, oh, I can't believe you mentioned this. Oh, I can't believe you said that. And you go, well, that's the kind of people, that's the kind of character that he refers to as Daphne, because seeing that instantly he would bite and that he would. It's. Yeah. Someone that takes themselves too serious, yes. someone that values themselves above anything else. It's not. It's not necessarily about being called a a, a female name. It's about no, you. It's about. It's about going. It's about being the called person. the wrong name. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then he's like, he's like, treat me with respect. That kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. there's that. What's interesting because you're talking about two character types. Like, or not character types, but look at like there's like this rough and tumble guy who will punch people in the mouth. Uh, talk shit and generally not necessarily do the right thing all the time, but do what he feels called to do, right? But then yeah. you also talk about guys that don't be a dick, and they're yeah. they, it, from a distance. They would seem like the same people, right? Yeah. They seem similar, right? How would you how would you just how would you uh, uh, determine one or the other? Those types of characters, right? How do you how do you define that? I I don't know. To be perfectly honest, I mean, it's if you think that uh, a general sort of sense of honor in that you know in in a situation, you know, mm-hmm. say it's it's all going wrong and you've got the chance to get out of town, to you know, you, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll just do this slightly differently. Years and years ago, mm-hmm. I was out night many many nights out out at night out in Newcastle, and I'm walking down the street, staggering, looking for a taxi blind drunk can barely stand upright and i hear shouts from an alleyway and see this guy slap a girl so i go straight across spin him around smack him and then i got hit by her because they were apparently quite violent to each other normally and this is just how they had these arguments <laughs> so in that situation i felt that i was totally in the right to step in and defend her yeah even though it was nothing to do with me but she would have said that I was being a dick. So it's all about the perspective, perspective going into that situation. The way that I was raised is that a man will always step in and defend a woman, yeah. regardless of what the situation is. If it was one guy or it was 15, it's yeah. the right thing to do. Yeah, It'll just get your teeth kicked in if it's the, the wrong time. But it makes, least- it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense that from a guy's honor perspective, and because there's, there's certain things that we don't tolerate, right? And, mm-hmm. and, 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 the, uh, no matter who you are, like uh, insulting someone's mother, right? Like, yes. like, 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 like violence for someone's mother, violence towards children, violence towards no. women, right? Like those, yeah. those are ones that like, like all men will turn and go, uh, what now? And yeah. they'll, step, they'll step into the situation. Um, but I guess the perspective being if they're already violent and then you punched her man. Yeah. And, Literally, and, I, I was in the wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. It it, it also would be a very hard segue to like, you see it, you walk over, you go, excuse me, miss, I see he slapped you. Are you okay with being slapped? I just want to check in to make sure because before I punch him, because I'm going to punch you. I just want to, I just want to get consent from everybody in the group. And at this point, he's hitting me in the side of the head. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so it's it's a perspective. So then let's, so then. So that's the 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 don't be a dick policy to your best of ability within 
within the <laughs> things. Like, what do you think are the what do you think are the the value sets that you try to carry with the character type as you bring them through the 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 book series? Like, what are the things that the principles that he lives by? Um, basically, defense. Uh, I believe that a lot of the time he sort of looks at it and goes, "Look, this is my home. I'm saying that this this is the line I'm going to draw. Everything behind me here is my home, and these are my people." And regardless of what's going on in the world, if you're my people, if you're my family, if you're my friends, mm. then I will mm. step up for you and I will defend you. And I mm. expect that you would do the same for me. But if I'm stronger, if I'm better able to defend or to fight or whatever, then you you have the responsibility, not just the if you have the, the capability, you have the responsibility. Uh, if you have the capability, you have the responsibility. Yeah, and you're right, and it's it's, it's the defending, right? Because there's that that because mm -hmm. because you're just someone trying to make your way, just trying to do good. You're yeah. just trying to be good, but then if someone you know fucks with me and mine, you step into that, and yeah. and that's where it makes sense. Yeah, and that's why he's on that he's on that journey, you know. And, and I'm, I'm doing everything yeah. not to, you know, try to do my best not to do spoilers. But he's trying to he's trying to save someone he loves. He's trying to do something. He's on a journey to do that, and then end all be all. Even if it's even at the um even if at the sacrifice of one's own logical well-being, right? Mm -hmm. Jumping in when he probably should take time or do things. There's yeah. a, there's a, there's a, a, almost like a, a nobility in that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I hope so. That's what I was sort of aiming for is that it's, it's things. I mean, I've, I've made some of the, the situations quite obvious in sort of slavery and so on. And you know that, mm -hmm. well, this is wrong. There's no, sort of, there's no gray areas involved there. It's a case of this is what's wrong. And, you step forward and you try and fix it. But it's, yeah, I, I tried to sort of have the, the logical thought as well, that this is, each step is logical. You know, moving forward and going, well, if I'm going to defend these people, I need this, I need to do this. There's no point where he goes, you know what, I want a really nice house by the beach. I'm going to go out and I'm going to fight for this. It's all just like, look, all I want is keep my people safe. And if to do that, I've got to have you bring it on yeah and that's the thing he's like he's like i'm just i'm just trying to grow me and mine and then if so, but people come in and threat and then defend and then through that the, that defense and an expansion something happens yeah. where it becomes more because of it um i want to talk just a little bit i have some more questions about uh, about the book series and i thought you came up with a really interesting concept i'm gonna dive in on the technical side but before i get into that i'm gonna want to dive into this your writing process you <laughs> you write gargantuan sized books which are <laughs> which is amazing. I love them. And I think it's great because as a consumer, it's, it's, it's very valuable for me to go through. How do you, like, how do you actually start to write these books? Like, and you start in the beginning and you, you have several books in the series right now. Um, like what, what does it look like for you to keep track of all this stuff? How do you, how do you actually start to like go from, I have an idea to, I have a completed book. What is what? <laughs> I mean, I use world anvil to, to keep things, separate world anvil it's okay. a website you can do it it's basically it's a membership site uh -huh. but you, you can get free account free account is perfectly fine for what you want to do i've got a paid account but that's because then people could come and look at mine and do it but it's to to build the world so you say right well i'm going to start off i'm going to have frank jones and you create this character and sort of create the little details for them and then you go well frank's married to daphne Stephanie, whatever. And mm. you can create this character and you can link them together. So when you look at them, it shows the links between these different characters. Oh. And you can just build, you can have things like your encyclopedia, your world atlas, all sectioned out. And it makes it so much easier 
to be able to find these things. So when you go and you know later on, oh, he's he's got fire magic and he can do, and then it's five books down the line, you go and what the hell was his fire magic? And you're searching through all these books, going like searching on references for fire, for example, and three thousand comments come up on it, and you go and well, which one is it? Where is it? Where did I say this? On World Anvil, the way that I do it is I keep it on there so I can keep a, a reference to it. And I also give my editors nervous breakdowns when they check for consistency, <laughs> reading through it all and going, you idiot, you said he was blonde, he's brunette here. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. So then so then, so you basically craft the world and then you kind of like you glance at the world and you create the story based on the world. So you're, you're kind of building in the world well, anvil, but then you write in the in, the, in like a, an outline and then the outline to then copy. Oh, no, no, that would be logical. That would have been the, the sensible way of doing it. No, no, what I did is I found world anvil around book five. Uh-huh. So until then, I was doing it all up here and searching. So what I do is I just basically find you know this scene, this this starter nugget or whatever of yeah. this is what's happening right now, and I'd really like to get to that point over there, and I plan nothing, and I just start to write, and I find out what's happening at the same time as you do, and then try and find ways around it all. <laughs> And some of the stuff that goes on, you you're writing away, and you've you've got this plan in mind for later on in this chapter that X is going to happen, and you're just going to get to that bit, and you're halfway there, and one of the characters goes off on a tangent, and you're cursing it at the keyboard. You're going, "You stupid sod! Just don't don't do that! Don't do it!" <laughs> <laughs> and you, yeah, that's why my books are so big because I just go off on tangents yeah. and deal with things. But yeah, I I don't plan at all. And so they end up quite big, but I think it seems to be working out for me. But you're in the flow then, right? You're just flowing yeah, it, right? And you're going through much. it. Then, so what is it? So you're getting into the flow, and you're just so you, you you've got the con, you've created the world, and then you're just and then now you're telling the stories about the world. But when you're doing that, and you're and you're going through that process, uh, how do you get into the flow? I mean, do you do you wake up? Do you do you drink your morning? Uh, um, coffee and you know uh, uh what do you what is it what does it look like for you to that the daily writing process look like for you i basically get up with with having two kids we've got a three and three and a half year old and a one year old Congrats. so we get up and so we sort them out between my wife and i and then once they're sort of dispatched to nursery and school and whatnot i come in here usually for about half past eight in the morning crack on and i just i read the last chapter that i'd written the day before so get myself in sort of the the swing of things and get into the feeling of it and then i write sort of straight through till about lunchtime stop for a quick sandwich or whatever and then write straight through till five and i finish at five on the dot each oh, day wow. and it's literally a case of because then i have my my family time and time with my wife and i view it as i've worked all my life i've had proper full-time jobs sometimes several and this is, as much as I absolutely love being a writer, I look at it as this is a job as well. So I work nine to five oh, and Monday to Friday. And I just, and I think a big problem for a lot of people is that you sort of go, oh, well, you know, I, I'm full time now or I'm I've, you know, off with furlough, which is when I started writing properly. Mm. And you go, well, uh, I'll play on Facebook for a bit. I'll have a game on civilization. I'll do whatever. I'll do an hour's writing. And that's the problem is that if you go, no, this is sort of the start and this is the end of it, I will write as much as I can in this time. And I do sprints on Discord with an app called Sprinto, 
which mm. you can set for different times. And we do, in our little group, we do it for 50-minute sprints. So you have a sprint where you don't do anything else. You don't look at Facebook. You don't go to the loo. You don't do anything for 50 minutes. And you just hammer away. And you is put that, down. Is that is that a writing group that you're part of? And when you yeah. say Discord? So, so you're part of a, a group of other writers. And then you yeah. guys, okay, let's do, a, let's do a sprint. And then when you say that, then you turn on the, the Sprinto. Yeah. Um, and then, and then you go for 50 minutes straight. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end of it, so you say, right, well, we're going to write for 50 minutes straight. And I'm, my personal target is 1500 words per hour. Mm. And if I get that 1500 words per hour, you know, I get to the end of it, you upload how many words you're at and it tells you how many words you've got from X when you started up till then. And so if I'm under the 1500 words, then I usually set myself either <laughs> for every hundred words I'm under my target, I get 10 push-ups or 10 sit-ups or hammer curls for my dumbbells and stuff like that as punishment. And it gives oh. you a real reason to, yeah. Got it. So then you're like, okay, here's my sprint. Here's my goal. Here's my accountability with this group of people. If I don't hit my goal, here's my punishment because, and then you, and then if you're short by X amount, it's, it stacks up. And then, so if, if you're, if you're like, yo, I'm gonna go on Facebook for this. And you look, you're like, I have a, I have 500 pushups or something like that. You're like, Oh God. Let's say I've got like 50 hammer curls because I've been, I've spent most of this last hour searching through trying to find, you know, where did I say this? Where did I say that in the books or in World Anvil? Because you, because I'm making the notes as I go now. Yeah. But if I come to a section I haven't made any notes on before, I'm having to search. So yeah, I'm like, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's a really good process for to get you up and to get you flowing and get you. Because the thing is, like you, the, if you took someone and you said, okay, you're gonna write, you're gonna write 830 pages in this mm -hmm. book, go right. People go, uh, uh, no. Yeah. Like, people have a problem writing 10 pages. Right. Good God, a, yes. Yeah. So, so that, so I love that, that, that system and that flow. So then how did you end up finding this group of people? How did you end up joining the group of people? Um, other authors, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I was, yeah. we'd started, I'd started using discord. I'd never heard of Sprinto mm -hmm. and another author invited me to one of their groups. Mm -hmm. And these are all people that I, I read the books of anyway. And this is always so weird for me is that these people that I've got so much respect for that, you know, a year and a bit ago, I was going, they're, they're real authors and they're talking to me. This is amazing. And now I'm sort of writing with them and it's, I never expected to be accepted to do this. <laughs> so it's, it's very strange, but yeah, I just started chatting to them and there's in lit RPG, there's a couple of groups like the mm -hmm. Lit RPG authors guild. Yeah. And the, if you're an author, you can join the Facebook group and you just you talk. And it's, cool. it's brilliant. See, that's so cool because that's what you need. You need you need groups of people, and and as as an uh, avid consumer of the content, I appreciate the the, the higher output. And if, and I feel I do feel a a, a bit uh, there's there's two perspectives I have with it. Like uh, like new book comes out, I'm super excited. You know, it's several hundred pages. I eat it in a weekend, and I go, "What's next?" Yeah, and you're like you're like, look, dude. Do you know how many pages that was? That was four months work, yeah. man. Yeah. And I'm just having someone read to him, like, well, why don't you kick out more? Come on, give me some yeah. more books, man. Like, and that's, and that's the, do you, I mean, do you, do you ever, do you ever feel like the, the pressure perform for your audience? Or do you ever feel like, like the, do you feel any type of, because you, like, you, 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 you went from having people that you respect and you idolized at, at like, and to now they're your peers. They're now peers of yours, right? Um, and, and now you have this community of people that you weren't expecting. Like, is it like, how does it, do you feel like a certain level of duty or responsibility or something to perform at a certain level? Or is there something that, that goes on with you 
uh, because you now find yourself in this really unique place? It's a bit of both, to be honest with you. I mean, part of this is, I mean, I, as a welder, I was on quite good money, but you know yourself in catering, money's crap. Mm -hmm. It really is. And most of the, the other little jobs I did, you know, working for places like EE and so on, were bloody awful, soul-destroying jobs and getting very, very little money. And the same in IT. It's very little money until you get a decent ranks. Yeah. And so it's a case of now to be working and getting decent money is it feels then that I've got this that I owe these people who have joined the story. I owe to get this to them, to to create for them for their their support their their sacrifice their it's lovely some days you know I'll, I'll wake up and i'll get a message or i'll log into facebook and the first thing i'll see is somebody saying oh i finished this book last night it was brilliant you should all read it because i really liked and it's like they thought about my book this is mental <laughs> <laughs> but to see as well to see that that's like the first thing that pops up and i'm not tagged in it i'm nothing you know yeah. and to see that that's there so there's obviously lots of posts you'd miss but to see that as the first thing when you log in you're like wow this is this is really humbling and i'm very wow <laughs> it feels like a dream it feels like a oh, you, good god yes yeah but you literally created your own your own world like a new, a new reality by writing your own reality you, you've created another reality for yeah. yourself which is which is incredible um, um one thing i do want to talk about is um I love the book series. Uh, it's it's great. Um, I highly recommend it for anybody anybody listening. Um, I love it. Um, I'm more of an audio reader, and then one of the challenges that I came across with the audio reading um, was that the narrator was a bit a bit a bit harsh. Um, there's a lot of yeah. audio, a lot of volume <laughs> issues, things like that. I don't mind the accent as much, um, but but it's but it's a it's a bit it's a bit intense of an of an experience to go through. Um, and I, I, think, I think the content's great. Um, can you talk to me about how do you how do you deal? How, how do you handle with that situation? And then what does that what does that look like? And then what do you do when you see those types of like comments come in? To be honest, I mean a lot of the a lot of the comments are because mm. Wayne that I chose to do the audio mm. is very enthusiastic. He's very sort of over the top, and he's like ah because because my books the way that I write and the way that I like to see it is it's very much a case of action 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 for the first yeah. book especially there's very very little time for him mm. to stop and to gather his thoughts and to to react to the world he's about to, to plan things he's very much on always on the defensive and always reacting mm -hmm. and so wayne carries that brilliantly in the whole like raw and excitement but there were some audio balancing issues and that was a problem because obviously i'm um, when I've listened to the audio myself, you know, you, you're listening to your own book. And so you, after a couple of lines, you're going, I should have written that better. I should have phrased this differently. I can't listen to them because all I do is I pull the whole thing oh, apart. Oh, no. Yeah. And then yeah. a lot of people, a lot of the, the reviews on it at first weren't very kind, unfortunately. There's a load of people that say, you know, this is fantastic. But Wayne that does it is very much an acquired taste. He's a Marmite. You love mm -hmm. him or you hate him. Marmite. I love how happy everybody is yeah. with him. The vast majority are very happy with him. I mean, four point six, I think, or four point seven mm -hmm. on the reviews, and nine hundred odd reviews on there. So I'm pretty pleased. But mm -hmm. the ones that are at the very top are very much ah. He's always shouting. He's very aggressive. He doesn't do this. It doesn't sound right. And unfortunately, it's true that there were some sound balancing issues. So they've been corrected recently by Tantor. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that fixes it moving forward. And I know the later books, book two to five are now out. And they've 
evened it out a lot more on those, so that's a massive relief. But just literally because I couldn't listen to them, because it's me pulling my own books apart. <laughs> when when people were complaining, going, oh, it's terrible, he does this, and he, he's too loud, he does that, I, I dismissed the, he's too loud, then he's too quiet, as just more complaining. Mm-hmm. And I really shouldn't have. I should have clearly listened to all of things. It's hard, and it's hard to go back and watch your own content. For me, it's it's oh, videos. Okay. I, I I do a lot of talking presentations, podcasting things, and I do not like to go back and and like watch myself, watch my uh, communications because yeah. it's just just too much. And there's like this, uh, but you know, but you know, there's the value in it. There's the value of the growth mm-hmm. um, because because if you can face it, you can get better. So yeah, I mean, yeah. what what advice? would you give to like, uh, uh, maybe there's a, a young kid out there who, you know, came across your book series and he wants to write his own lit RPG series and stuff like that. What, what advice would you have for them to get? Yeah. Yeah. Just the <laughs> best, just literally give, <laughs> if I tried writing when mm-hmm. I, when all this was going on for me mm-hmm. and I was sort of going, you know, people like Alaron and Luke who are the giants in the genre, yeah. saying to me you should write you should try this and it's like no no i shouldn't i i literally as i said i failed school you know the big the highest mark i ever got was a c i had no capability whatsoever with academic stuff and then when i started writing i sort of started a little bit of a try and then i was like i don't know if i can do this i, I shouldn't be doing this and i approached my wife and i said to her one night i was quite nervous about it and saying they say I should do this. The doctor says I should do this. What do you think? Should I do this? And I was fully expecting for her to say, don't be so bloody stupid. I honestly, that's what I've been told by most of my partners my entire life was don't be so bloody stupid. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, you, if you want to do this, do it. I will support you hundred percent. And she did. And we, at the time, as I say, I mean, I was going through Good a different, woman. oh, very much. But yeah. it was like, I'd gone from welding into an apprenticeship post in IT. You know, this was a pathetic wage, frankly. You know, it was it was literally a kid's wage. We were barely scraping by. And she's going, no, and I'm saying, but if I was to do this, you know, we it'd cost thousands for an editor for she's like, don't worry about it. If you put the effort in, if you write, we will find the money to do this properly. Because all that matters right now is that you try. And that's yeah. it. And literally all I would say to anybody that wants to write is try. You might, (laughs) if you sit there and you read what you've just written, you will pull it to pieces. You will. Instead, start at point A, write to point Z, and do not stop. Write a little bit. Write 10 minutes a day. As long as you continue to go, that's all that matters. And one thing that I don't know about if everybody else finds, but that I found, is that if I read sort of a lot of lit RPG is, you know, no consequences. It's sort of like it happens in a VR world or it happens mm. something else. If I read too much of those, they're too happy. And that would infect my tone, essentially, as I was writing. Um. But if I read more like grim dark stuff, then I would go more the other way. So read what you want to write and just do it do five minutes do 10 minutes so you mentioned there from nikki duke saying uh you missed the the site it's mm. world anvil oh world anvil 
Yeah, World Anvil is fantastic. Use that. I wish so much I'd started with that because <laughs> that would have made my life so much easier. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I'll check. I'll check it out, man. Um, like, like when when I'm the World Anvil thing sounds really cool. Um, and uh, yeah, it says I just I didn't even see Nikki do this. Says this is awesome information. Thank you for sharing, Jez. I hear we'll just we'll pop that out there. Um. Uh, consistency, uh, sharing the secrets about how you're able to keep a close eye on consistency. I can get the site that you built in the character's name. Sorry, I missed it. Thank you, Dylan. Uh, this guy rocks. Oh, dope. <laughs> Thanks, Nikki. Thanks, Appreciate it, brother. Oh, yeah. He's, he's an amazing yeah. um, artist. So, um, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, literally. I mean, tell me if you do go on a world anvil because I have it set so that my Patreon supporters can, I have sort of the, the overarching world so mm -hmm. you can see that it's there. But it's something that I give access to to my Patreon supporters because they have access to the full stories. They have access to, you know, much more like se several books ahead of everybody else, so they can see as I'm going, and they can see the the changes ah. to the characters and the events. But obviously, I know you. I'll get you in there and have a look yeah. and have a look about. That's so, so cool, man. So they have. So your Patreon supporters have several books ahead. Like, yeah. Um, well, the Age of the Age of uh, Stone series. Mm -hmm. Uh, the rise of mankind series the first books the age of stone that's out at the moment <clears throat> i'm dropping the age of bronze next week hopefully mm. and that one's been up on the patreon for a while and i've just finished age of iron i'm doing my final sort of pass through edit now before it goes off to the proper editors and they've got access to about half of that because i upload three chapters a week so <laughs> they're always quite far ahead of everybody else bless them but it's brilliant because they'll say things to me they'll say they send me a message and just go jazz man what are you playing at you know, this is no good. You need to, or you could have done this. Wouldn't it have been great if the character had done this? And I'm going, yes, yes, it would. <laughs> Rewrite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Copy that's, that's a better way to do it. What's cool about that is you have a cohort of people that actually care that are con that are contributing and and that are Massively. you know that, are, that 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 care because if they're willing to spend money, spend time, and give feedback, I mean, those are the circle of people you don't want. You don't want haters from people who will never read your books, don't care about your books, that will never go across yours, giving you feedback about a book they'll never read. Um, it's good to have those like an inner circle of people yeah. guiding you on your path. So that's that's some really cool stuff. I I really like that. Um, in terms of uh. One of the things I'm 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 really interested in. I want to talk about here. You have a really cool concept um, that I've haven't seen, and maybe I just haven't I haven't, I haven't read all books. Uh, but uh, one of the things I I, I really liked is uh, the concept of the pearl. Mm. And so what I like about that, and is can I talk about that? Is it okay yeah, yeah. if I okay? So what I really like about this is you know um, people that create fantasy worlds. Um, inspire people like me because i'm a virtual reality developer and builder and creator of things and stuff um it, it have to make these worlds into reality and so like lawnmower man inspired virtual reality these, these are things yeah. that people get inspired on and then they actually yeah. create things and so one of the things i've never really seen was a was a damn good reason why people level up in literal mm -hmm. rpgs right it's like oh you get brought to a fantasy world and then you're off right and then and then all of a sudden all these magical wonderful fantasy things happen or you're in vr and because you're in vr those things happen but what you had what i thought was a really cool integration was this thought process of a thing called the pearl mm -hmm. and and do you want to do you want to describe just a little what the pearl is yeah it, it's without getting too much in depth and things i mean the it sort of comes in and out it's structured throughout the books but it's sort of very much in the first book 
and towards the end of book six it's very much in those sort of two areas but it'll be a, quite a bit more important rolling forward but the the pearl concept is as you say it's like how do how do you develop these powers mm-hmm. so for these characters that have been taken out of the underverse the realm that they've come from and that are in our realm for them they've left a reality where magic is commonplace and magic is everywhere and they've come here where magic or mana those who actually perform the magic mm. is so so rare that they can barely do anything you know it's, it's sort of like the, the tiny little strict like trickle of this of mana everywhere as opposed to it being a flood in the other yeah. realms so they go right well if we're going to train people to be able to perform these acts to be able to go home and retake our our home we can't have them just turn up there with no clue and no way of defending themselves and suddenly oh magic works uh, i'll have to try and find somebody that can teach me magic then please and all these things you have to give people a sort of a start to be able to to go forward and training them and so it was a case of well how would you do that in this world when we've already decided that there's there's no magic here because otherwise we'd all be doing magic mm. and we'd all just be having a great time it'd be wonderful the stuff would get up to mm. and we'd all be in prison but yeah uh, <laughs> invisibility so, flight invisibility flight you know yeah, yeah it's like which one would you go for yeah, yeah. but so I, I started looking at it and started thinking well what would be a logical integration of this world and the fantasy world Uh and it would be that we don't have magic because we have technology we've developed technology because there is no magic while if you think if you reverse it if you had magic but no technology you'd make all sorts of weird and wonderful but it would all be based on the actual magic which is uh i think you said that you were up to book three so Uh you're into some interesting territory in the next couple of books when you meet people Uh who work with magic a lot Mm. very crazy very crazy (laughs) Uh, but the pearl itself is essentially it's a blend of mana and nanotech in that it burrows through it's sort of it's it sort of unfurls in the body and creates pathways Mm. to be able to maximize the mana that is available to them and to unlock your potential but in doing so it also sort of breaks down well this is how you are compared to a scale of what you could be and so you could be, you have the genetics to be strong, weak, whatever, you know, very heavy bones. You don't swim very well. And that, that actually comes from me because I swim like a brick. And that was before <laughs> the lung damage. I swam like a brick. Honestly, I used to just dive into the pool and walk and jump yeah. back up at the other side. That's that's my swimming. <laughs> that's a superpower, man. You can just, yeah, exactly. Just yeah. <laughs> don't go for it. But what exactly. I'm what I think is really cool about this is, so you said like with nanotech, right? You have some sort of pearl, that pearl you can embed in someone's body, that thing unlocks your potential and basically resequences the DNA and does certain things in your body. And then allows you to gain certain powers, certain abilities, certain level up, certain characteristics, which I think is incredible. What I find amazing about this is just, just keep in mind from my world, uh, two podcasts ago, two days ago, I had a friend of mine uh, from Nano AI, which is a nano engineering company where they, they do protein folds where it's, they use every buzzword in the, uh, imagine, but they're, yeah. a, they're a VR, they're a virtual reality company that's multiplayer um, that uses, um, they, they can fold proteins in VR and it's, and it's, and it's tracked over the blockchain. So if I make a designer drug, uh, mm-hmm. And a pharmaceutical company can back it. I can make designer drugs and we can all work together. But what they were saying is 
you can do a thing. This is going to get a little little geeky technical, but I'm going to hop into what I like about this is yeah. right now you can sequence your entire G, D, uh, GNA, DNA, right? You know, like 23andMe and things like that. Yeah. There's different companies that will sequence your entire DNA, right? And then you can use a program that Google came up with. Google comes up with these artificial intelligence programs. One was called AlphaGo, and it was playing, you know, Go, the Chinese chess game. Yeah. Um, so AlphaGo was was an AI that played chess against itself, or, or Go against itself, and it got better and better. Um, AlphaPhase is a thing that does the same type of things, but with drug sequences. So what you can do is this, is you can sequence, and this is just super brand new tech kind of stuff, is you can sequence your entire DNA. And if, if a doctor's like, um, there's these three experimental drugs and we don't know how they're gonna interact, you can actually run those drugs against your DNA to see how it interacts using the AI system of Google. And you can wow. actually run those things and you can actually try to make your own protein folds and see how it interacts with your system, right? And I just had that conversation with him and yeah. I'm looking at your Pearl nanotechnology. <laughs> I'm like, man, if there was like an AI that I could just yeah. put in my body and I could just drop things into it and I could try to get these superpowers and yeah. the more things I experiment with, the more I leveled up, and I didn't, you know, oh, and like, yeah. and like the more I worked out, the more it like got me more strength I could invest. I don't Definitely. know, man. Well, without sort of going too far with it, the, yeah. the next book I'm writing, yeah. I've got some of the sort of stuff planned out for it roughly in my head. And part of it is that the sort of the main character will have the ability to harvest nanites, inactive nanites from his opponents. Oh. And then as you sort of, as you gather more, you can then build them into, right, I want to be stronger, I want to be faster. You can invest them into yourself to... Yeah, yeah, so you're, you're, you're basically accruing the, the the bits of the things that actually make other people more powerful, and you can kind of harvest it into yourself. That is cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's what, like, and that's what the, the, how did the pearl work? The pearl works by basically assuming this genetic sequence of other characters and things like that and being able to bring it in. And so I was like, I was like, I was looking at these two worlds at the same time. I'm like, I want to live yeah. in a real life video game. Come on, sign me up. Put me in the matrix. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, when he, when he sort of harvests the, uh, the, the genetic matter from some of the other creatures he comes across. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it sort of explains a bit further on that people there don't know about this because mm. this was something that only the nobility had access to. Of course. So because nobody ever knew about where this is coming from, these little sort of bits of, of genetics that people are getting from the spore mother, from other monsters, they're just having as like good luck tokens because <laughs> oh, that's quite nice, nice and shiny, you know? And obviously the nobility have been kicked out, so they've got no access to it. When the main character, Jax, finds out, he's like... Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's it's so cool. It's 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 a it's a fun concept, and, and what I like about it, it was it was a cool bridging concept, and and things that I don't I haven't seen before was and it, and it makes it there's a there's a thing that you you want to live in this fantasy world, but I want it to be believable to a degree. Yeah, definitely. you know what I'm saying. It has to be coherent. You got to be able to track things. You want to be able to understand what's going on through it, and that's one of the things I thought was powerful. I mean, I mean, for, for you. Um, when you're when you're we're going through this like as you're building these worlds and as if you're as you're crafting these in these environments like like do you have like an end game for the book series do you have a thought process on what you want to go to or is it is it like just going through the flow of it but like for you like what i would call the holy grail um like what is the 
do you have a holy grail for this series yeah i mean i've, I've got a planned sort of uh, end for it eventually mm -hmm. and that i always <laughs> i haven't seen done anywhere else i mean it may well have been done i've just not I've not seen it but you know when you when you watch series you know you mm -hmm. watch like elementary which is a fantastic series i always loved watching mm -hmm. you watch it and it's a season and then it finishes but you so you've you could watch the entire season from start to finish it's yeah. the story itself isn't finished but it's got an overarching sort of plan of this is what will happen in this series mm. and this season and i thought about it and thought well i'd like to do that because that way ties back a little bit to i feel that i owe my readers certainly and that I know that sometimes you read a story and you get to that point and you go, I just can't be bothered with this anymore because it's just gone on too long or it's wandered from where you wanted it to go as a person. You know, you bought into this character when he was like this. And then as he's grown and learned, he's gone off in this way and you think he should have gone in that way. Mm. And so people fall out of the series over time, just naturally go, ah, I'm not going to read that anymore. And I thought one of the biggest things is that you want to know what happens though. You want to have a start, a middle and an end. So I'm writing the Underverse series as three different seasons. So three seasons of six books. So that way you have sort of a, an overarching, this is how, this is what happens in this area. And then the next series, this is what happens in this season. And then the mm. next one. So that way, if people want to give up, you know, oh, I've had enough of that. I want to move on. There's still that sense of closure. That cool. has been, yeah, a, a satisfying, I hope, end mm -hmm. to that section. So you kind of, you kind of, yeah, you close out the, you close out a series, but then you say, ah, oh, but awaits when he goes to this new continent or whatever the thing might be, mm -hmm. and then they can go through that and they can experience all of that. And then, uh, to me, like when you said eighteen book series as a, yeah. uh, you know, with the, you know, the how many hundreds of pages in each of the series, I was like, that is such a tall order. But at the same time. I would still go through it. I would still read it. I'd still get into it because you go through it and it becomes like a, there's like a, a hunger that I get when I eat these, when I get come invested and then I have to be very careful. I have to manage my obsession with the books. I have to be like, cause I can, yeah. I feel like, and then, but then I, you know, I stop doing my work. Everything falls behind. I, you know, I, you know, it's just, it just is all that stuff. So I'm, I'm both excited and terrified at the, uh, at the op, uh, the option of that many books, because there's, it'd be, it'd be so fun to go down, but I'd be like, okay, yeah. nobody talked to me for a month. I've got yeah. things to do. I'm going to put it down, but it's fun. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, I mean the, the sixth book in the series, uh, Empire is 413,000 words. So that's going to work out as about 44 hours of audio. Woo! So you think that's like a month straight to be recorded. It's like, it'll keep you out of trouble for a while you know it's a full week or more of your working life gone would you ever consider um doing your own audio like you reading your own audio is that oh. is that something you ever thought about doing oh i don't think i could no. <laughs> i don't know i mean it's i don't think my accent would be right for it for a start a lot of people can't understand me so Oh, okay. I, I just feel like, I, I mean, I, I, I can hear you fine. Maybe other people can't, but I, I was just curious because you wrote it, you got it, you know, your characters, yeah. you can embody it and it would be all you, it would be all you. And oh. there are amazing, there's amazing narrators, amazing things, but you know, it's one of the things that you, you're the creator of the content. I would be, I would be curious as a, as a, to hear you go through it. Cause you've, I've thought about before just for shits and giggles, mm -hmm. recording a, a chapter or a scene. And just, just being like, there you go. I just thought I'd do that for a laugh. You know, yeah. I, on my Patreon, I have uh, 
a section called uh, the tomb, the tomb of ages, mm. which is just basically where I put in random scenes or random chapters or whatever from books. I thought, oh, I wonder if I could do, and I've spent like, a couple of hours here and there on, and there's just like this hodgepodge of all these different ideas and dreams and stuff, and it's I might start picking from there and do a narration of it. Oh. I think I'd just be too self-conscious. You know, I'd get to the end of it, and I'd listen to it and go, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> Unless I did it drunk, in which case, you know. Could be entertaining. You're like, what did yeah. I What did I do? Well, they say write, write drunk, edit sober, that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, for yeah. me, I, I literally, I, the way I write is I go from A to B, finish the whole thing. I don't go back and forth in it. Now, I, I just literally write. I make notes as I go and go, oh, I've got to put that in later on i need to add this in need to add that in. get to the end go back to the beginning put these bits in have a quick read over the top and then i send it off to the editor oh because if you sit a friend of mine said ages ago luke actually said that if you sit and wait until it's perfect you'll never send it because you'll always find because if you think that on like sort of a scale of one to a hundred if every word you write if every hundred words you write you get infinitesimally better at writing or at telling that story by the time you go from chapter one to chapter 50 you've gone like this in your skill now it might be on the overall graph you've only reached like level two but you have improved so if you then go back to read from chapter one you'll go i could i could phrase that better i could mm -hmm. change this and i could change that mm -hmm. and then you'll rewrite the entire book and by the time you finish writing the book again you've now leveled to level four Let's go back to the beginning and start again. Um, and instead, I give it to my editors and give them a sort of a nervous breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> Just go, there you go, do with that mess. <laughs> Take it, please, run away. I'm I'm too busy. Can't you? I'm busy writing. Can't talk. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, so with the eighteen book series and this, and this massive thing, what what for you is what I would call your um your dragon like what is the thing that seems so big to take under that you don't know if you're going to be able to do it to, to be able to complete this 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 book series what for you is your dragon very much the power creep because part of lit rpg is that and, and any kind of fantasy is that you want to see the character grow mm -hmm. you want to see them develop new abilities to to learn to become more than they are <clears throat> and if you think that i'm <laughs> going from book one to book six the character has grown this much. They are more intelligent, they're stronger, they're faster, they have much greater, greater control of magic. Well, I can envisage going from here to there because I'm here. I can't really envisage going to here because I'm not here, I'm not, you know, so I can only build so far. And how far do you build before it becomes a world-breaking event? Yeah. You know, I mean, if by book 10 he can you know, sink continents, well, he's, he's not really going to have a problem with whatever I come up with. You know, what am I going to have him fight? You know, yeah. asteroids, you know, destroy them with a punch. It's like, well, what do you do? It's so that, that for me would be the concern. Yeah, it's that Franklin Richards problem. You know, the thing is like you can, you can, if you can, you know, make reality, destroy reality, then there's no, yeah. So how do you, how do you keep the feeling of progression mm -hmm. in the books without getting to the point where you've progressed them so much that it becomes unentertaining and you're now playing on god mode in the video game which sounds yeah. like fun for about six seconds yeah until no you yeah i'm not a god mode player <laughs> yeah me either man 
enjoy the yeah. challenge enjoy join the grind that's exactly. that's that's beautiful um th this has been incredible jez um with all this being said is there anything else you'd like to let people know about before you um let them know how to get a hold of you and in, in your book series yeah i mean uh, i'm on facebook if anybody wants to reach out to me i've got my my facebook is literally just jez Caggio author mm -hmm. i keep my facebook and my private Facebook and my author one separate just because I didn't at first and there were some very strange people got in touch with me. So um, I'm now, yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously feel free to reach out to me on, on there. I've got access to my discord on there. I literally, I'm there all day, every day, Monday to Friday. I won't be on there tomorrow cause I'm getting a tattoo, get my shoulder done. Nice. So I'm going to be busy. Uh, yeah. Eight hours tomorrow. That's going to sting. Wow. And even more fun, I'm going to be editing at the same time. So I'm going to have the laptop on one side, sort of going through. Um, but I've, I mean, I've got books, book two of The Rise of Mankind, which is Age of Bronze, comes out, like I say, next week. It's set for a pre-order for the 25th for Christmas Day, because I didn't know if I would definitely be able to do it before then. Because you can bring a pre-order forward, but you can't really push it back very easily. So oh. it's set for then. So hopefully... If I can get this last couple of bits done in the next day or two, then I'll be able to pull the pre-order forward and that'll drop. And I'm quite looking forward to releasing that because it's set in, in England after the apocalypse, essentially. So it's it's very strange. It's good fun. <laughs> okay. Well, beautiful, brother. Well, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you being on the show, sharing your story, creating the content, you, you know, uh, creating worlds for, for me to me. enjoy. Of course. It was, it was a pleasure. Um, stay on stay on afterwards, man. And I will... Uh, I've had a lot of pleasure with you and I will, I'll see you soon, my friend. Sounds good. Thanks, man. Bye now. Take care. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.